Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. to daylight. Thanks, Vince. Thanks for leading me in. Um, excited to be back on the air. Excited to be back uh, with the NFL in the Daily Fantasy Forum instead of season long or some of the other things that I've been focusing on. And again, you can always find me on Twitter at Todd from PA. That's Todd with one D from PA. And you can also find our podcast on iTunes. I still haven't gotten around to getting it on Stitcher. Sorry to those who might want to listen to it on that format. Um, most of the episodes are also hosted on ffcouchcoach.com, the home of Dynasty Leagues, Dynasty Information, a lot of great leagues. You can check out ffcouchcoach.com. And I was approached recently about being on Daily Roto Shark, so we're going to see about that as well. But now it's time to introduce the man, the legend, the Motown Mauler. You can find him at Twitter, at jbach. Uh, what's that, 14 Mauler, jbach? I always wanted to say at Motown Mauler. Um, that will work. Mauler, can you hear me? Yeah, I was just had to clean up. I threw up uh, in my mouth a little bit when you mentioned Daily Roto Shark, so I had to clear that out. No problem. I know you and them, but that that'll that'll lead to a nice, interesting dynamic, and we we like interesting on the podcast. Um, glad to be back with you. It's been a while. How you doing? Good. I'm glad to be talking football. I mean, you know, uh, as we've talked in the past, the baseball season is a long grind, and uh, I usually don't look forward to baseball season ending. But you know, the last few weeks I've been a home run away here. A quality start away there, and uh, I'm kind of looking forward to football. So when you said let's do something this weekend, uh, you know, I, I got really excited, got into studying the slate a little bit, and uh, you know, I'm ready for the football Saturdays and the football Sundays starting up here in a couple weeks. Yep, and what we're going to be doing today, just in case you're listening in to hear uh, kind of a, a schedule of events, so to speak, or an outline. Um, we're going to discuss a little bit about DraftKings' new policies and how they might affect the podcast, and then we're going to go through the slate more from a preliminary first-look kind of approach rather than making a lineup approach. Um, we're going to do another podcast, the Mauler and I, right before kickoff on Sunday so that you can um, get yourself ready for your lineups and we'll see where we are as it relates to changes from now. 
Um, and we're going to do it a little bit uh, differently today. Mahler is going to give advice on FanDuel. I'm going to do the same positions as it relates to DraftKings. Um, and speaking of DraftKings, Mahler, you know they came out with those new community standards. Are you, are you, you're aware of that, right? Yeah, and, you know, we've been going back and forth with them for a while now. You know, but it seems the community standards that they have are – totally different from what they put out you know they said that people can't have um the same lineup you know that they're trying to eliminate lineup sellers and this and that but we found a few guys uh notably young uh you decal and uh ma doublet they've had the same lineup every night pretty much all season but nothing happens to them because they're big time players and uh you know, RG can still run their lineup shows, but I think they told us that we couldn't run a lineup show on uh, on our show for DraftKings. So, you know, that that works with us. We can just shoot for FanDuel for making our lineups. And, you know, worst-case scenario, there are other sites like Fantasy Draft, uh, um, you know, and those other uh, smaller sites that we can go and, and, you know, give them a little publicity while we're doing our lineups as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason why we can't do that. Um, just to be clear and to clarify, I did send an email over to DraftKings asking if Mahler and I could make our lineup and they said and play it. And they said, well, you know, playing a lineup like that would be against our standards if you filled out a whole lineup. So what we could do, Mahler, another option, and, and I'm fine with doing the whole FanDuel thing, Obviously, um, I've actually had more success uh, on FanDuel than I have on DraftKings overall. Um, but one thing that we can do is typically you and I will make every position out, and then we'll kind of go back and forth over the last spot anyway. So what we'll probably do is we won't clarify what that last spot is. There's five or six options you can use, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, then officially you and I won't be playing a lineup together on there. And I think that's enough plausible deniability for us to get by. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, but it's just it's just weird how, you know, the rules are applied to some people. But, you know, to the people that put in a lot of money, um, you know, they don't apply to. So, you know, we've always had issues with DraftKings. I know how the pros do it. Rob, he's a big proponent of trying to get, you know, a level playing field for everyone. And they kind of just dis dismiss him all the time too. And it's, you know, it's kind of sad because they're looking, you know, to get uh, legality in all States and looking for a level playing field, but they're not, you know, doing their part as a company. So, uh, you know, uh, nothing you can do about it, but Hey, like you said, we always have options and, uh, you know, we'll go with those options. Well, and, you know, I was dealing with some mid-level guy on email. Um, maybe I'll talk to some people I know who have contacts higher up and try and get a clarification. That way, um, you, you know me, I'd rather not fight. And, you know, it, it's their company, it's their policy. But I think it's well within our rights if we end up feeling that they are excluding smaller guys but allowing bigger guys to get away with it that we talk about it. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll leave it there for now as it relates to um, that. And that, you know, possibly our podcast will be changing 
um, the way we've done it in the past when we do DraftKings episodes. Um, so that's enough on that. Uh, we're going to now go through some of the games of the week, and we'll start with um, the Thursday night game, and that is Carolina at Denver. Uh, Carolina's favored by three, even though the game is in Denver, a 42.5% uh, 42.5 total. Not exactly um, a, a wellspring of fantasy goodness springs to your mind there, wouldn't you say, Mahler? Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting that you say that because when you mention, you know, the game and the Vegas line and everything, my first thought of who do I want to play in that game is actually a defense. And, uh, you know, when the first idea that comes to mind is playing a defense, uh, you know, that, that looks like it might be an ugly game. But, yeah, the first thing that came to my mind is I really like Carolina's defense. Uh, Denver's quarterback position is – you know, not very good right now, and I think uh, I think Carolina could get a lot of points from their defense, and you know that's what uh, stuck out first when you know I looked at the game. And and that's a good point because I really didn't study defenses yet. So why don't as we go through the games, if a defense jumps out at you, we'll mention it. Next up will be um, uh, the one o'clock games um, in Atlanta. Tampa goes to Atlanta. They're three point favorites giving us a total of 47.5. Minnesota, three-point favorite um, on the road at Tennessee with only 42 points. Philadelphia, minus six at home um, against Cleveland, 43.5. So that's three games. Anything jump out to uh, to you from those three games? Well, I do like – some Tampa Bay guys against the Atlanta defense. Uh, I know Atlanta defense wasn't strong last year. Um, it's hard to um, figure what they'll do this year, but if, you know, I'm starting on week one, I'm looking at Winston and Evans as a combo that I kind of like. Um, maybe throw in uh, the Tampa Bay running back there as well, um, Doug Martin. And uh, Minnesota, Tennessee is very interesting. I think. Uh, both defenses should play well. I'm not a huge believer in Teddy Bridgewater. Um, and I think Tennessee at home could get some uh, some points out of uh, Mariota. But, you know, with all the games on the slate, I'm not really pinpointing anybody from that game. And then uh, yeah, Cleveland. Hard. Go ahead. It's hard to get all excited about a 42-point game. Yeah, and, you know, especially with the Tennessee probably is going to go running back by committee. You're not going to know uh, who's going to get the bulk of the shares. Um, But I do think that Cleveland and Philadelphia offer some sneaky plays. I think RG3 is a very sneaky play. You know, I've been uh, going back and forth with Cleveland fans here for a few days, some of them very good. You know, I like I've uh, formed relationships with them. Some of them just call you names. But, no, I do think RG3 is a, a, a good play there. And I think you can sneak in, uh, you know, maybe a, a Terrell Pryor or something from Cleveland. Yep. Yeah, we'll get into more of the uh, – we're, we're just going to go th- – yeah, you can – we'll go through and just kind of give it an overview of the game um, and the line. Uh, for me also, uh, Cleveland kind of jumped out at me. There's a six-point spread. I think Philadelphia is not that good of a team. Um, typically with a six-point spread, you'd be looking at the running back there. 
um, you know, to possibly bring home some value. Um, but, you know, I think Cleveland has a chance to win that game. Next up, Cincinnati minus two against the Jets, um, 42 points. Again, at New York, 42 points, very low spread. My first thought on that game is that I think that 42-point spread might be a little low. Um, New Orleans at home, uh, minus one against Oakland, the highest total on the slate, 50.5. And if you're looking for chalk in week one, that is the chalk. Mauler, what do you think of those two games? You got one at 50.5 and the other at 42. Yeah, I can't agree more. I think the Cincinnati Jets game will be a little more high scoring. Um, The Cincinnati offense has been together for a while. They have a a decent running game, a good line, good wide receivers, Um, and the same with the Jets. I know it took Fitzpatrick a while to get into camp and sign, but he's working with, uh, you know, Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, um, you know, guys that he's been with for for several years now. And I think that that goes, you know, that that tells you a lot when, when looking at how teams can score is they've been together for a long time, you know, so – I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think that game should be a little higher total. Um, you know, the Jets, Rex Ryan preaches defense, but uh, I think you can steal some value from there if you're very, very sneaky about it and, and sneak in some of those guys. Yeah, and we'll get into that when we get through uh, the players. Uh, can't, you know, um, as far as the big game, New Orleans at Oakland, I expect very, very heavy ownership, especially on Oakland. Um, and I, I, you know, my goal this year is to avoid the chalk. I'm not going to say I'm not going to have any Oakland, but I am going to, um, I think that I'll, I bet I'll have at least one lineup with New Orleans defense, hoping that, you know, on the road, week one, Carr has a bad game. And if you get lucky, this is kind of a little tip that I picked up. Um, If you're trying to get a huge edge, and I'm not recommending this for all your lineups, but if you play New Orleans defense and Carb has a horrible game, you double up because you eliminate all the chalk that Oakland has, and then you take advantage of – you know, the, the New Orleans defense having a big game. That's a risky one because New Orleans is, it, you know, they're going to be chalk for a reason. So we move on to the Kansas City. Uh, but I think that is an ultimate sneaky little uh, play. If you're doing, you know, 20 lineups, you might want to stick it in one or two. All right. So yeah. we move on to Kansas City, uh, favored by seven at San Diego. I think San Diego is one of the more interesting teams. They were really bad last year, a lot of injuries, bad offensive line, horrible defense, only 43 points, and I think that uh, relates to how much that Kansas City has um, a slower pace. Um, Typically a seven-point favorite, that would mean you'd look at the running back for Kansas City, but, again, I'm, I'm just not sold on Jamal Charles, week one, coming back from an injury with wear behind him. What are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I agree. I think they'll go running back by committee um, that game. And it's another game where I, I look at it and I think uh, the first thing 
is I like Kansas City's defense. Um, you know, uh, seven-point favorite at home. San Diego, like you said, isn't very good. And that's just what sticks out at me. The receivers aren't great. Um, they're injured again, and the line isn't great. So, uh, you know, I just uh, I just have the Kansas City Chiefs defense stick out at me. And I agree with you. The running game, it's hard to trust with Charles, especially if they're just trying to work him back in solely because they have a good um, – good core of running back. So I don't see them, you know, overworking him in the, uh, in the first game. Yeah. Especially if they get, if it, if it's true and they do have a nice lead at the end, um, I don't think that they'll feel the need to give the ball to, to Mr. Uh, Charles. All right. So we'll head off to the next game on our, our list for the brief reviews. Um, Baltimore, the return of Joe Flacco. I read this week he said his knee is not 100% yet, but it's good enough. They're three-point favorites at home at Buffalo, 43-point game. Not a lot of fantasy goodness um, looking to me here. Um, Anything jump out at you from this game? Because I don't think I have anyone from this game as a a play on my list. No, uh, it's one of those like we mentioned earlier, that you just kind of look at and hope something jumps out at you, but it really doesn't. Um, it's probably a game I'll totally pass on. Uh, you know, if, if Flacco is limited and maybe not playing, then I might take a chance on a Buffalo defense here and there. But, uh, you know, it's nothing nothing that I, I'm really going to target. Yep. I, um, yeah, I, I – I might, again, if I do 50 lineups, might I pick one of the Baltimore uh, running backs like Javorius Allen? Um, I would say out of everyone, he's the guy that might make it into a lineup of two for me because he's a receiving back on DraftKings. We go to Houston, four-point favorite against the Bears. The Bears' defense looks to be improving. 44.5 line. Um I think this is a very interesting game. Thoughts on it, Mahler? Well, I mean, it's hard to for me to, you know, trust anybody in the Chicago offense just because they lost, you know, their offensive coordinator to, to Miami. He's the head coach there now. Um, you know, they had the issue with Alshon Jeffrey. Forte left, so I'm not really sold on anything from Chicago as of yet. You know, we'll see what happens in the next two preseason games. But uh, I think Cutler can take a lot of hits. I think he could turn it over a few times. You know, I think J.J. Watt could uh, do some damage, so I'm kind of like in Houston defense. Um, You know, and I think Hopkins is always a play. Yeah, I think that there's no doubt in my mind that the Houston defense could be one of the chalkier ones on the week simply because Jay Cutler is such a turnover-prone quarterback. They do seem to be trying to continue the trend of keeping him in in a tight game script, um, and we'll see how that plays out. I do have some plays in this game that I'll save. Um, at Jacksonville, one of the more interesting football games that I'm going to – I know with my direct TV ticket I'm going to want to watch. I'm going to be looking to see if Green Bay looks like the old Green Bay or the Green Bay from last year that struggled. Jacksonville has an improving defense. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I really want to see how he plays. 
I want to see how not-so-fat Eddie Lacy plays. And, uh, you know, everyone wants to kind of say that it was the fact that they didn't have Jordy Nelson is why Green Bay struggled that much. But to me, Rodgers didn't look like himself. So I'm going to really be looking at that game. And Jacksonville, 47-point game, so there definitely are some opportunities there. Uh, Seattle, 10-point favorite over what looks to be an awful Miami team. Dallas, 3.5 favorite over the Giants, another huge game with a 49.5 spread. The Giants looked awful yesterday. Uh, Mahler, any of the guys from, I mean, any of those games or teams jump out at you? Uh, again, Seattle's defense, maybe Seattle's running back. Uh, once we see who it's going to be, who's going to get the bulk of the carries. Um, Miami doesn't interest me one bit. Um, I think going to Seattle to have to deal with the 12th man is, is doom in their first game. Uh, the Giants-Dallas game is sort of interesting. You know, they always uh, seem to, when they have a low total, have a, a – you know, offensive juggernaut. So I think, uh, you know, Eli and Romo could be both in play for, for me there. But, uh, you know, we'll have to see when it, it gets closer to opening week how uh, how those teams are looking. Yeah, I, I have avoided Dallas for the most part um, because of fear of another Romo injury. If it's not the, the, the collarbone, it, you know, his back is not great at this age. He's, he's not getting any younger. Dez has a foot thing. Um, but week one against the poorest Giants secondary with a rookie safety to go with uh, last year's rookie safety, um, that, that's a game that I, I'm sure I will be looking to do, take some uh, selective shots with Cowboys. Um, Indianapolis, five-point favorite over Detroit, 49 points at Indianapolis. Um, that, that's a game I like a lot. A um, lot, of, lot of guys uh, I could see myself playing there. And the final game, because we're not going to do the Monday night fo- uh, games, um, mainly because the Millie Maker um, doesn't include Monday night, but we'll probably do Monday night in our analysis as we get closer is Arizona, 8.30 game, 5.5 favorite at home against New England. It was just announced today that Deion Lewis is not going to be back. He is going in for a second surgery on his knee. Um, I know I got into arguments with a lot of smart people who were taking him in the fourth round and swearing he was going to be God's gift to the world this year. Uh, and I did not like the risk and, you know, a, a shifty back coming off an injury like that. 48-point um, spread, but that's some pretty big news, isn't it, Mahler? Yeah, and, I mean, you mix that with the fact that there's no Brady. Um, Arizona's defense is really, really good. Uh, you know, New England's going to have to score, but do you really trust in, you know, Janine Garoppolo? Well, I happen to love Janine. Um, I, I think he is going to be a very, very good quarterback in this league. But week one, his first start, nerves. I mean, he started a couple games, but nerves and then going and, you know, facing that Arizona defense. Uh, Chandler Jones playing against his old team. 
yeah, it's tough for me to get behind uh, Jimmy week one. So that, that'll do it for our quick summary of the games, and hopefully that helped all of you to get a, a sense of what's going on with the games. We will now take it to the next level, and we will look at position by position, starting with the mauler who's going to take you through the quarterbacks on FanDuel. Yeah, I have uh, a list here of my top tier, top price guys, um, and then some value guys. But we talked about the Oakland-New Orleans game, uh, how it's supposed to be a high-scoring game. So I like Carr and Breeze, but if you're trying to get off the chalk, I think I like Breeze more. It seems like they'll be playing from behind, so he'll be throwing the ball pretty much every down. Um, So I think uh, I would – I would take Breeze over Carr just because of ownership. I think Kirk Cousins um, is, a, is a decent play. Uh, I think uh, I think he has a, a good week. You know, he's been solid for, for a couple years now. I mean, they, they got rid of uh, RG3. And this is a Monday night game, but the Monday night games are still included on FanDuel. So just make note of that, that, you know, they're not included in the Millionaire Maker but they are included on the FanDuel main slate. So, um, And then I go to uh, Roethlisberger. I think uh, that game is going to be a bit of a shootout with, with Kirk Cousins in Washington. So I'm good with either one of those guys from the Monday night game. And then my values, um, as I mentioned, are RG3. Um, I like Alex Smith. If somehow San Diego can keep the game close, um, you know, Kansas City could – have a big lead and and try to run the ball. But I think Alex Smith is a sneaky play at home. And uh, I'm going to be a homer here. And I like Matt Stafford on the road at Indy. They're supposed to uh, – Detroit's the underdog. They are supposed to be running more of a hurry-up, no-huddle offense. And that means more plays. And that means if you're behind, that means you throw the ball more. So I think uh, I like Stafford as a value play there. And then we talked about Garoppolo. Um, I like him as a low-owned value play for the simple fact that they should be playing catch-up and he should have to throw the ball quite a bit. All right, so we go over to DraftKings, and you made a good point. I should have covered those games. Pittsburgh Monday night, three-point favorite against Washington with a 50.5 total, and then the Rams finishing the week out, 10-20 at night kickoff. I'll probably be snoozing, and so will probably most of the people watching the San Francisco Ram game, 45-point total. Um, Not a lot of great football there, most likely, but um, obviously some opportunities there. All right, so uh, on DraftKings, the big news is last year we all played value guys on DraftKings simply because – there was such a huge difference in the pricing between the top guys uh, and the lower guys. You could find great value every week. Seems like the quarterback values on, on DraftKings have been fixed or changed or whatever word you want to go by. So you're not going to see that $3,000 difference that you saw sometimes last year. With that in mind, my high price guys, Aaron Rodgers, against Jacksonville. Um, He's a guy that I think is a little bit contrarian, you know, paying up to be contrarian. 
Um, I think that you're going to get a lot of ownership on Andrew Luck at, against Detroit at home, so I probably won't have much there at 8,300. Same thing with Drew Brees, um, 8,100. If I'm going to pay uh, up again, my number one guy would be Russell Wilson uh, playing Miami. They should be bad. Uh, 7,900, he can run, he can pass. So he's of interest to me. Derek Carr, the chalk, 7,300. I do like Stafford some at 7,200. But my number one guy that I'm looking at as a contrarian play right now at 7,100 is Matt Ryan. Um, They've added uh, Mohamed Sanu to Julio Jones. And I think that he is going to go overlooked. I think a lot of people in season long are down on Matt Ryan right now. You can get him in the 15th round. Um, I think he is a very sneaky guy. I think you can't go wrong um, throwing out a dart or two on Tyrod Taylor. He's got that ability to run, and at 6,900, also at 7,100, Carson Palmer in a high-scoring game. Um, I don't know any of those wide receivers I'd be interested in with three of them, but um, Palmer is okay. Uh, I, I do think that Alex Smith is probably a very good value at 6,500. And at 6,400, you've got Marcus Mariota, Again, that's a tough one against Minnesota. And I'm going to throw out Brock Osweiler as another contrarian uh, under-the-radar name. Again, people don't like him, don't think much of him, but Chicago doesn't have a great secondary. They're at home. I could see Houston opening up the run game early and then um, Hopkins. So if you want to save money, that is a way to do it. All right. So that takes us through the quarterbacks, and we're going to go over to the mauler, and he's going to give us the rundown at running back on FanDuel. All right, I'm going to start up top um, with a Monday night game. Gurley is the top price running back at 8.9K. However, I do think he's in the spot to have a good game. I personally probably won't pay up for him, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Um, I think he – has a great game against San Francisco on Monday night and starts the season off on a good note. Uh, same with David Johnson. I don't think uh, New England's really going to hang around against Arizona. I know that's going to hurt a lot of Boston uh, fans' feelings, but I think Arizona is in a, a good position at home to kind of control this game, which means uh, Johnson gets a lot of carries. Uh, again, I'm not going to roster him probably that much for 8,800, but Uh, I think he's in a good position. The guys I'm looking at uh, that I kind of want to build my teams around are all, you know, around the 7,000 to 7.5K range. Um, My favorite is Lamar Miller. I think he's going to have a huge season. I think uh, starting off the season at home against the Bears uh, will get him going. I like uh, Eddie Lacy and D'Angelo Williams, both at 7.1K. We got the news about Le'Veon Bell, so that moves Williams up to the number one, and he did well at that spot last year, so I kind of like him. Um, And I'm going to throw in Mark Ingram. I know they're supposed to be behind, 
to Oakland, but he does get a lot of goal line carries. And if you can sneak a few touchdowns out of him, you know, that is, uh, that is going to be great. And he's at 7.3 K. My lowest value play is uh, Ryan Matthews. I know we don't expect a lot out of Philadelphia in week one. However, uh, if they are going to be in the game, if they're going to put up a good fight, I think Ryan Matthews has a lot to do with it. He'll be 6.1K. Just make sure you check for, you know, how healthy he is. All right. So <clears throat> on DraftKings, um, typically what I like to do is pick one guy who's more of a mid to higher salary along with a value guy, uh, a PPR value guy as my second running back. Um, my top layer is David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, 75 and 73, Lamar Miller, 7, and Devonta Freeman, 6'9", Eddie Lacy, 6'7". Those three are going to be the ones that I imagine are going to make up most of my uh, top guy in that kind of price point. Um, Miller, I think I – is, has a chance to be the chalk, but it might be chalk that I'll eat. Devonta Freeman, I think just the opposite. I think he's the great pivot for a tournament um, because, again, I, I think that everyone's so freaked out about the Coleman news that they said they wanted to get Coleman more touches. But um, Freeman's still going to get, I'd say, 66% of the first and second down work, and he's the clear third down and goal line back. Um, I think Devonta Freeman is very sneaky. Eddie Lacy, not so fat Eddie. Um, I, I don't know that this is the week that he's going to go off, but at 6,700, I'll have a little bit of him. I think you do have to throw a little Mark Ingram in your lineup at 66. Um, Thomas Rawls, if I can see him and get some eyes on him at 6,000, definitely if I think he's going to start, he's going to get a couple uh, – Lineups uh, at 6K, I think he's a great GPP play. And obviously, if he doesn't, the chalk of all chalk this week will be Christine Michael at 3,700. He seems to have turned the corner and looks like a really – he's going to take some of Rawls' work regardless, which could take away the value of Rawls. Uh, but if he's going to be the guy, then he, he he's going to be so chalky, it's ridiculous. Um, now, that next tier of guys, the cheaper guys, the mid-price guys and down, Latavius Murray at 5.6. Uh, I would not assume that they're just going to go into New Orleans and start throwing the ball around like a pinball. Murray's got a big offensive line. I think he's a interesting play. Duke Johnson is one of my favorite mid-price guys. I expect him to have a very big role, and it's going to be thing in a sense because you got uh, Murray at 5600, you've got Duke Johnson at 5100, and Gio Bernard at 48. I think Duke and Gio are going to siphon away uh, ownership levels from each other, so I like them both. Uh, but I kind of like Duke a little more. I think people will save the 300. I'd rather pay the extra 300 and get Duke. Jeremy Langford in a walking boot yesterday. If he's healthy at 4,700, he's the lead back there. There's no reason not to have a lot of Langford in your lineups. Bilal Powell at 4,300. If Forte's hamstring doesn't look good, and even if it does, he's an interesting guy. 
Theo Riddick is another guy you should just put in a bunch of lineups. Uh, Abdul is still wearing the non-contact jersey. Riddick is a PPR machine at 4,000. I expect him to be very popular. Shane Vereen at 3,800 again. Um, I look through his numbers from last year, and Shane Vereen and Charles Sims kind of profile the same. You know, third down back, they play a little bit, uh, get a few carries. But the big difference is that Shane Vereen is hot and cold, which it means that where Charles Sims pretty much scored in a range of, you know, 8 to 13 most weeks, Shane Vereen was either 25, 23, or he just wasn't worth anything. That makes him an ideal GPP play against Dallas in a high-scoring game. I think Shane Vereen is kind of going under the radar. He's being drafted in 15th, 16th round in a lot of uh, MFL 10s. And the last guy that I really like, um, well, there's two of them now. There's James White. But I'm going to lean a little bit more towards LeGarrette Blunt at 3,700. I think, you know, it, it's going to be the common thought process out there that James White's going to get Deion Lewis's work. And Deion Lewis ran the ball way better than I think James White ever did or ever will when he was playing last year. That, hence, he took a lot of the first and second down work as well away from LeGarrette Blunt. I really feel like without um, Lewis around that White's going to be more of a true third down guy and he's going to get a heavy ownership um, because of his salary. I think LeGarrette Blunt is going to be a very interesting uh, low price guy at 3700 All right, Mauler, any thoughts on that or would you like to head over to the wide receiver position? Well, I just want to comment on um, a couple guys that you mentioned that I think are, are very, very good plays, but specific to DK because of the PPR um, scoring system that they have. And uh, one of them was uh, Riddick from the Lions. Like you said, he's a, a pass-catching machine. And we mentioned earlier that they're going to run a lot more no huddle, which gives him the opportunity to get on the field for more plays and catch a few more passes. So I think that was great throwing him in there. You know, I hope our listeners are taking advantage of, of that idea. And, um, you know, mentioning the, the New England backs, uh, I just want to piggyback on the idea. You know, you, you said you like Blunt, and I do as well. And one of the reasons that I like him is because I think they're going to try and run the ball more without Brady. I mean, you know, he's not you're not going to have uh, uh, Jimmy throw it 50 times like Brady would. I think they're going to, you know, strengthen up, uh, you know, pump up the offensive line and say, hey, let's, uh, let's, you know, run the ball down the field as much as we can. And who are you going to do that with? LeGarrette Blunt. So I think those were, you know, a couple guys that are off the radar, but, um, you know, you put them on the radar, and I just wanted to, you know, kind of piggyback off what you said. And I think the Riddick play for PPR is a great, great idea. Awesome. So I guess um, why don't you then um, – we've got 20 minutes left. Let's do about 10 minutes on wide receivers, five minutes each. Why don't you take five to seven minutes on the FanDuel wide receivers? Yeah, um, and I can probably even get it done quicker than that. I have uh, two guys in the top price tier that I'm looking at. Uh, one is Antonio Brown. You know, he's a, a guy that you can pretty much pencil in every week. 
but the problem is you have to find the money. He's 9.3K on FanDuel, so if you have the money to pay up for him, then all, by all means do it. Um, I like Julio Jones at, at 9K. They're at home. Uh, Matt, like you said, Matt Ryan's probably going to be a little under owned. I think some some uh, sneaky plays would be pairing him and Matt Ryan in a few of your lineups and seeing how that goes. I like Allen Robinson at 8.5K. And um, those are my guys above 8K that I like. Um, my guys from about anywhere near the 7K range up to 8K, I like uh, Mike Evans a lot at 7.9K. I like Cooks, 7.6K. New Orleans should be chasing Oakland all day, so I think Cooks gets a lot of passes. Um, with the injury news to Fitzgerald, I know it's nothing serious, but I think Floyd takes a step up, and he's only 6.9K on uh, FanDuel, so I like Michael Floyd for Arizona. Um, I like Golden Tate for the reasons that we mentioned earlier. Detroit's trying to play at a little higher pace, a little more no huddle. I know their line isn't great, but I think they're going to have to pass the ball a ton, so I like Golden Tate for 6.9K. Um, we talked about Oakland being an offensive juggernaut against New Orleans this week, so I like Amari Cooper at 7.1K. And then finally, uh, my my low-owned guy uh, of that price range is Jeremy Macklin at 6.8K. Um, we all know he's a clear number one receiver. Uh, the tight end there takes uh, a lot of focus off Macklin, and I think he can sneak in with a big game. And then my value plays are uh, – Anquan Bolden, um, I'm being a homer there. Uh, you know, he's come to the Lions. But, you know, he's just shown that age doesn't matter. He just goes out and catches everything thrown to him. Huge target in the red zone, so I think he could sneak you in a touchdown. I think Torrey Smith is a very uh, good value play at 5.6K. You know, we're not certain with the 49er quarterback situation, but uh, we are certain that Torrey Smith will get the ball, you know, when they throw it a lot of people have been talking about Tyler Boyd with Cincinnati I like him at 5.6 on FanDuel uh, however my best value play and probably the value chalk is going to be Terrell Pryor at 4.9k so hopefully I got that done in less than five minutes and I'll pass the ball over to you to go over the DK <laughs> yep. wide receivers yep you did great so um you know, I'm mostly going to be a GPP guy this year. Uh, I don't have the time to study that a lot of the other um, – I won't even put myself in the expert category, but I don't have the time that a lot of guys do to study, and I've decided that I'm going to put my energy into what I think I'm better at, which is GPP thinking. I also think that because of the fact that the, especially week one – that the millionaire maker is a $3 tourney, I think that's where you're going to get almost everyone playing. Every amateur is going to be in that. And I, I would not be shocked. My bold prediction of week one is that tournament, the cash line, because they're paying 27%, which is uh, another way that the sites are dealing with some of the issues is by making more people win each week. I think that you might find my bold call for week one is that it's going to be within a point or two, the cash line in the big 50-50 GPPs and that millionaire maker. So um, 
So I'm thinking more GPP. And one big GPP strategy, I did mention that I'll have a lot of lineups with one expensive and one uh, inexpensive running back. But the more I look at some of those inexpensive running backs I really like, um, other than some Miller and some Freeman, I think I might have a bunch of low-priced running backs uh, in both spots and then go and try and spend more money on receivers. Unlike uh, receiver, unlike running back quarterbacks and tight ends, where I prefer to have home favorites um, who are scheduled to make 24 or more points for the team, and that's a stat I got from T.J. Hernandez and Chris Raybon in their fabulous articles on 4 for 4 in their podcast. You guys should definitely check that out if you haven't already. Um, so I needed to do a bit of a preamble there on wide receiver theory. Uh, Julio Jones is my favorite play of the week. Again, Antonio Brown's Monday night. I, I, I love pairing him with Devontae Freeman and uh, Matt Ryan. That was another thing that uh, Chris Raybon did. Um, boy, Maul, you're making a lot of noise there. Crunching the phone. Um, sorry about that. Uh, but um, so Chris Raybon uh, and, and, you know, so I love, he did this analysis and other than the stack between the quarterback and the number one wide receiver, the second best stack is the quarterback wide receiver one running back one. So I really like, you know, you get Matt Ryan at 7,100 Julio at 94 and Devonta Freeman at 6,900. I will definitely have a few of those stacks out there. Uh, I'm a little worried about OBJ week one. Um, Dallas is, uh, I think he's going to be the chalk in the millionaire maker as far as the high price guys. DeAndre Hopkins, I think, um, again, I, I like the idea of the three-man stack with Osweiler and Miller. Des Bryant um, obviously is worthy. The guy that I think is really, really sneaky, though, week one is A.J. Green. Um, Daryl Revis, you know, there might be an island, but um, I don't know that there's not a few boats on that island that you can escape off of anymore. And Cincinnati's going to need to throw it to A.J. Green, and I think the fear of Revis is going to artificially deflate Green. So I really like... Um, as a sneaky play, some A.J. Green. Uh, Keenan Allen at 8,000, another really good choice, even though Kansas City is a good defense. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, I think people will be down on with his injuries. I'll have a little bit of him. I really like Mike Evans at 7,400. Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, again, I really think they're going to be the chalk. I'm going to have one or two little lineups with them, but – if I make 50 lineups in that $3 GPP, I might only have them in two. Um, a guy that I think is very sneaky week one who I really love as a mid-price guy is Jarvis Landry. Um, I think everyone's going to be down on the Dolphins because they're playing Seattle. But anyone who really studies realizes that they are susceptible from the slot. Um, you know, Adam Gase said that the ball just finds Landry, and I wouldn't be shocked if he has a 10-catch game week one. So there's a bold call for you. 
Dante Moncrief at six grand, another guy. I, I expect his ownership to be higher. I really like him there. Mohamed Sanu, if you want to take uh, a, a wide receiver two at 5,100. Another sneaky guy, Willie Sneed at 4,800. I think all the ownership's going to be on Cooks for GPPs. Um, Stefan Diggs, I just think he's underpriced at 4,800, even though I don't love his quarterback. I'm going to go, um, I thought about Bolden, but uh, uh, Moeller, I'm going to go with Marvin Jones at 4,600. Um, I, he, they really seem to be looking for him. Philip Dorsett, 4,500. Travis Benjamin, 4,100 are both guys that you put in and hope that they catch a bomb. Same thing with Will Fuller, 3,700. Tyler Boyd, 3,600. A guy who's going to be a lot in a lot of my lineups is uh, Rashard Matthews at 3,300. I think Stills and Pryor at 3,200 and 3,000 are going to be pretty pop. Oh, I know Pryor is going to be pretty popular. And Tajay Sharp at 3,000 um, fills out my wide receivers. Any comments on them all? Yeah, I think um, the TJ Jones is another great call for the simple fact that it's DK and it's a PPR. Um, if I had to choose between the two on DraftKings, I would definitely go TJ Jones because, or um, not TJ Jones, um, Mar- uh, Bob, the, the other Lions receiver you mentioned, because he gets wide receiver screens. Even if he only gains one yard, you're getting 1.1 point for every catch on DraftKings, which you won't get on, on FanDuel. So I think that's a great pivot off the Bolden call simply for the fact that he's probably going to get more catches. All right, cool. All right, so we're going to go tight end. I don't have a ton of tight ends um, right now, and uh, I'm going to let you go. Yeah, I don't have a ton either, um, just because there's there's not a ton of value that I see, and also there's a lot of injury at the tight end position. So um, priced up top, I mean, Jordan Reed is, is pretty expensive. He's 7400 He is 900 more than – the next closest price tight end, but he's 1300 lower than the tight end above him, who is Gronk. Um, I can't pay 88.7 for Gronk. Um, I probably won't pay for too many lineups with Reed at 7.4K, but I think he could be an asset to your team. Um, below that, I like Barnage at 6.3K for Cleveland. Um, I think he's going to be a nice, you know, dump down target for RG3. I think he's going to be an effective tight end again this year as he was last year. I like Kelsey just above him at 6.4K. And then I go down to the ever-steady Jason Witten. I mean, he's about as steady as they come. He's 5.5K. We all know that, you know, him and Romo have a a good rapport. So uh, I like him at 5.5K. I like Bennett at 5.1K. And um, I think – Fells is sneaky for Arizona at 4.7K. All right. Um, You know, again, going back to Chris Raybon and uh, TJ Hernandez, I've been learning a lot from them. And from their study of the tight end position on DraftKings, it really just doesn't pay to pay up. I would say that the exception to that rule is Jordan Reed. And if you do it, you have to consider him like a – you know, uh, with Cousins and Reed as kind of a 
um, you know, as he's your running back, uh, your wide receiver one. So, you know, he is the leading receiver on that team. So if you want to do a Washington stack, I would do Reed. Other than that, I probably won't have much. Um, the four names that I came up with that I think are really uh, interesting guys for me in week one, Travis Kelsey at 5000 is the most expensive. I think Kobe Fleener is going to be pretty chalky, but at 4900 and a, a wide-open game, uh, I know that Oakland got better against the tight end the second half of the year, but they had been horrible. Um, I think Kobe Fleener is a great play at 4900 Jason Witten at 4100 And my last guy will close the segment out with Jared Cook at 2900 I just think he's a phenomenal play. I expect big things from him. I think Aaron Rodgers hasn't had a tight end of that ability in a while. At 2900 I mean, all he needs is uh, – you know, threes times four to get 12 points. He gets, you know, he gets two catches for 20 yards and a touchdown, and he's there. And I think he could do better than that. I know that Jared Cook has let a lot of people down, and he's one of those guys who's always going to have the big year, and he didn't in Tennessee, and then it was going to be in when he moved to St. Louis. But he just has never had a quarterback, and he's never been on a good offense before. And I expect a lot of good things from Jared Cook. So um, that completes my list. It's a pretty tight one for now. But I'm looking for home favorites who um, also have implied high totals that, don't, that weren't over $5,000. And while it's a tight list, I think if you stick to those four guys, you're going to be pretty happy. So that, that'll wrap it up with the Mauler and I. Any final thoughts, uh, Motown, before we uh, – we get out of here, and uh, it was great getting back to do a show with you. Yeah, I just, you know, uh, I just think it's amazing how much knowledge you have to, to share with our listeners about football. You know, I usually don't get into the daily fantasy football until like a week before, and it shows, you know, you're you're far ahead of me right now on uh, – you know, what's going on in the NFL. And I think if people were smart, they would definitely follow you on Twitter for one two, listen to all the run to daylight podcasts that they can. And three, ask as many questions to you as they can, because you're on top of it, brother. And I think, you know, that's, uh, we always talk about the yin and yang and why we work so well together. That's another one of the reasons, you know, you're the, you're the, you're the, the football study guy. Um, you know, you're, you're the, the, uh, I'm the mauler and you're the nice guy, you know? So, uh, that's just <laughs> hey, you're my mauler. Probably... You're my mauler. Every <laughs> once in a while, I got to pull on the leash a little bit. Well, it was very nice of you to say that. Um, you know, again, I, you know, sometimes wonder what I could do if I wasn't working 55, 60 hours a week. Um, but one of the things that I take a lot of pride in is, I'm, you know, I'm smart, but I'm also smart enough to read other and, and learn from other smart people. I've mentioned TJ and Chris. Um, I mean, I'm just blown away by the work and the study that they put into it. And I never come away thinking, oh, that's bullcrap. They just pulled that out of their, you know, that, that they want that to be a thing. 
No, they're, they're really great, and a lot of what I've learned is from them. And you know, and then Mauler, you know, you're the baseball guy. You're the, the you're the guy who knows that game. Um, I I just constantly can't uh, keep up with you when it comes to that thing. But enough of us patting ourselves on the back. I I definitely appreciate the sentiment. Anyone who follows me on Twitter um, and tells me you listen to Run to Daylight will follow you back. Ask me questions anytime. I do my best to answer them. And um, that's about it. So um, thanks to everyone. It was great to be back with the Mauler. We'll lead you out with a song. Um, hopefully we're going to, you know, we're going to fly now and uh, as we head to week one. Take care, Mauler. Take care.